Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Weekend Hustle podcast. This is your host and maybe future co-host, Shelby Olerschleiger. So today we have a special announcement we're going to make on behalf of the Weekend Hustle team that is growing is just that we're growing. If you've been with me for a while, you know that I've been building this platform and this community called Weekend Hustle, which is for barrel racers and just riders really or people that are looking to improve all aspects of their lives to help improve something specific and for us that is barrel racing and you know we take it super seriously so it's one of those cases where everything just is going to slowly level up the business the podcast the brand and also everyone involved such as you listening right now so I'm really excited because I think the more you put out there the more you're going to get and it's just going to again keep evolving and keep growing so I'm really excited to share that I got a message one day from a writer I remember from way back when her name was Bella DiPartolo she really believed for the mission and the vision that We Can Hustle stood for and hosting the retreats. She, um, you know, was really interested in it. So we started talking and now the rest is history. She is a part of the We Can Hustle team and she's helping me and just helping to really build this up, build all of us up. And I'm really excited. So we're going to dive into an interview that we did just chatting with each other. So I hope you enjoy and welcome Bella to the team. Recording in progress. I know there's a way to turn that off, but I don't know yet. I know it says that every time. <laughs> it makes me a little nervous sometimes. I know. It's like, oh God, I'm going to freeze. <laughs> yeah, literally. No, we're fine. It's just you and I anyways. Exactly. So oh welcome, goodness. Bella. Welcome to the team, Thank you. girl. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Uh-huh. I loved your first, intro. Like, oh, thank you. Oh my God. I was really so nervous. I was sitting in a room. There was people in my house and I was like, chill like have my own space and I, I probably recorded it like five times and I was like okay it's okay Bella <laughs> take a deep breath yeah oh no it was gosh, good you have fun. a yeah you have a good voice and I'm really excited to start sharing some of your story with us and just being able to help me and help what we can hustle stands for obviously it's a community aspect so it just makes sense to be building a community and even for myself, I know that I can't do everything by myself, the level that I want to make this impact within the riding world. And just in general with the world, I think this is definitely like the best step. And just, I love how things just seem to like really fall in alignment when you need it. So oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think like everybody comes into each other's life at literally the perfect time. We've known each other for quite a while now. Like we've, you know, we never hung out or anything, but I think now at this stage in both of our life, we just are literally perfectly aligned for what we both want. So, and you've done such a great job up until this point, but we can always learn and grow from other people. Right. And just having support is, I think, such an important aspect. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And it's been a really fun journey anyway. So to get into this a little bit more, tell us, cause I don't totally remember how we met, but like right. you have your farm and everything. So talk a little bit about your riding experience and where you started and love barrel racing. Yeah. So I have grown up on a farm my entire life like literally I was riding in the womb my mom was riding while she was pregnant with me and she actually um her and my dad bought a pony for me before I was born so that when I was born I could I could have my first pony and kind of grow up with them so my first pony's name is Smokey I still have him he's 28 years old and I basically was just learning how to ride on him never took lessons I kind of just winged it and I would just do random things on him around the farm. Um, and then I started barrel racing. I don't even know how it all came about because my parents weren't in the rodeo world or the barrel racing world before that. But I started barrel racing when I was five. 
Um, we started going to the MBHA and OBRA shows. And I think being able to start barrel racing in just a fun way and not a competitive way was really, really crucial for just starting my love for it and not having so much pressure. So I ended up riding Smokey until I think I was eight or 10 years old I, because my mom said, okay, once you reach 80 pounds, you can't ride them anymore. And I just remember it was the saddest day of my life. And I would still try to ride them after that. I'm like, mom, please. Like he's my favorite, but we ended up getting another horse. His name was Scooby. And he was just that type of horse that just took care of you. We never won anything. I think like we won like a, a youth check for like $65 once. And, but I just had so much fun. So all through those years, I went through a few horses and they were each just a little bit of a step up from the next. And I started to get more competitive when I was probably about 12 years old, I started rodeoing and it was just a game changer because I loved the competitive atmosphere. I loved, you know, meeting new people um, my age and it was awesome. I had this really great horse and I had a season on him and I actually ended up winning the junior breakaway. So I did a couple different events. It was honestly so cool. So I kept rodeoing for a couple years. I ended up like training, quote unquote training, um, my own horse and basically just learning up until I was 14 years old. When I was 14. I had two accidents on my horse back to back. Both were concussion related and I never really thought anything of it until I went to high school. And I just started feeling super sick, like nausea, headaches, fatigue, everything. And it wasn't like me. I wasn't going out and riding as often. Meanwhile, I was so used to riding like four horses a day at one point. So basically we ended up going to the doctors and we were asking like, what's going on. You know, I had a couple accidents, but I was okay for the summer. And long story short, I ended up getting diagnosed with post-concussion syndrome, misdiagnosed at that time. So I was pulled out of high school, went through two years of post-concussion treatment and nothing was getting better. So I, this is like, because we're both pretty spiritual. My mom um, had this kind of just like message come to her to test me for Lyme disease. So we found a doctor in um, Toronto who could test me for Lyme disease through a lab in the States. And long story short, I got diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease. I have no idea when I was bit, when I contracted it, but the concussions brought that out like in me because it was dormant in my body and it basically just caused a rampage of symptoms. So for the past four years, I have been treating for chronic Lyme disease, wasn't riding much of anything because I was just feeling for lack of better terms, like crap for as long as I can remember now, but I've that love for the barrel racing has stuck. I have been watching videos, listening to podcasts, like just constantly learning. And I think that during this time, I've actually learned more from watching and from listening than I did when I was actually barrel racing. That's one of the silver linings of this entire experience is that I've just been able to learn and sit back and just watch different styles and kind of just reflect on what I want in my life. I've grown so much spiritually and emotionally. And now that I'm starting to get back into riding again, I feel like a completely different person. So it was definitely, there's silver linings to it. It's hard, but I think that the hardest experiences in our life just make you grow as a person exponentially. So that's kind of where I'm at today. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. And it is so true going through those traumatic experiences. I always find 
those are where like the the growth comes from. And I mean, there's so many metaphors in nature that prove that point. And like the most basic one I can just even think of is the whole caterpillar analogy of it. It's in this little thing. And in order to break free to like its next level or the next transition of its life to a pretty butterfly, it has to like break through and overcome and like break out of that shell. And unfortunately, like you were kind of forced into it, um, which is almost like like you said it's like a weird almost blessing sort of thing and how much you've learned yes you almost become thankful for it which is crazy yeah but you do so tell us a little bit like what was that experience like like once you actually got diagnosed what is the path to recovery from Lyme disease because I'm personally not super familiar with it I mean it's a good question because I myself am not even I can't even say that I'm fully recovered I'm kind of just managing right now managing my symptoms but Long story short is, you know, lifestyle, nutrition, and just your daily choices makes such a difference in, you know, how you feel. Just even as someone who doesn't have Lyme disease or a sickness of some kind, nutrition and lifestyle and just changing your daily habits can make such a difference in how you feel energy-wise, emotionally, everything. So I um, transitioned over to a plant-based diet basically cut out all different processed foods and refined sugar. And it helped the inflammation in my body an insane amount. So I'd say that is the number one thing that has helped me. And I think has helped so many other people. So another silver lining is it made me focus on the nutrition aspect of things and become so passionate about it that now I am wanting to become a holistic nutritionist and I will be in January of 2023. So that is definitely a big part. Um, of course, I see a naturopath and functional medicine doctor, and he's really awesome. I think sticking to the natural route is really important because a lot of the traditional medicine kind of just masks a lot of things. So I'm on a bunch of different supplements to kind of just help my body detox from the different you know, bacteria that's invading my the different joints and muscles in my body and yoga. Yoga has been super beneficial because it not only helps my mind, but it helps me, you know, stay flexible and stay moving even on the days where I feel like I can barely walk. So those are kind of the three things that have helped me like crazy. And I think everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own, you know, way of healing from anything. And this is just mine. And I'm continuously learning like something new. There's always something added to help me. And I just try and share as much as I can so that, cause it might help someone else. You never know. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's just it. It's our own journey. And in my experience, a little unrelated, but if, as far as horse training goes, mm-hmm. I wanted to mimic everybody and I wanted to follow what they did, but I totally disconnected from myself and my true nature of what works for me and just my natural for like my natural riding ability too. Absolutely. And, you know, you yeah, find your own groove. You know, it's, it's really easy to mimic other people because you think, oh, they're winning or they're healthier, they're doing good, but not, it's like a, not a one size fits all yeah. mentality for anything in the world, right? Like whether it's health or barrel racing, you just kind of have to go through the journey of learning what works for you. And that, that is really hard, no matter what aspect of life it is. But at the end of the day, once you do find what works for you, it feels really good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So good. And you're so true and aligned. And I found like, I think recently, I feel like I've had like my biggest growth of just overcoming some of the obstacles I was facing. And I really had to like dig deep. And a lot of the things that I did are similar to you, like as yoga, like I am like addicted. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think, you know, it's like whenever I'm feeling blah, 
it's like usually the mind body, right? So if I can do something to like move my body or do something to make me feel more present, I think for me anyway, really helps and it helps with everything. For sure. And yoga, especially, I think is just so it connects you to your mind and your body at the same time in such a gentle, slow way. You can tap into your emotions, you know, you can pick up the pace and like feel sweaty with it, but you can also restore from it. So it's such a good balance and you end up being just so intuitive with it and can create your own like sequences based on how you're feeling. So I think like, I will never go to like high intensity workouts ever again, because I just love yoga so much. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. So I remember reading or just like with some of my experience, like yoga was actually like forbidden because it is almost like too much of a religious practice. So like in some religions, they actually, they like forbid quote unquote doing yoga because it was probably too much of like our own intuitive, like our own intuitive nature. We're able to realize like, maybe we actually don't need that, but you learn that through yoga. Like you're like connecting to higher power. It's so cool. It's so true. And like, if you were to say that to someone who's not spiritual, They'd be like, what the heck are you talking about? But you don't really know until you like actually dive into it. It's so healing. It's so powerful. I mean, it can lift everyone I've talked to who has done yoga for a consecutive amount of time has said it's changed their life because it really is just so powerful for mind, body, spirit, everything. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm, but exactly. I did. Um, oh, go on. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to quickly say, Okay. I was going to quickly say that um, classic Zoom thing of like one Christmas, my brother got me hot yoga classes. I think it was five hot yoga sessions. And honestly, that's like a whole nother level, especially in wintertime being in Canada, you like finish a yoga, like a hot yoga class. And I personally am like, I'm like a, a cold-blooded person. Like I need the heat. Me too. So I'm like, Me I don't too. care. Like I'll like take baking in the sun over being cold any day. And so, yeah, I did 100%. these things and you could literally leave the yoga studio. You get dressed, you go to your car and you're just so warm. And like, it feels like you had a massage in a hot tub. And that's like, it's the feeling. So cool. and, like and it was like all for I, me. Like I did that. Yeah. And if you like, you put so much work into it and it's so cool how you can have that lasting effect for like, quite a long time after I've never done hot yoga, but I really, really want to, especially because I'm the same. I'm like a cold blooded person. I despise the winter. If I can move somewhere like really far where it's warm and like beaches and I can ride all year long, I totally would. But I know it's crazy how you can, you're assisting your body in doing like, you know, and making it warm and making it feel like really soft and loose. It's, I mean, there's nothing like it. Um, But I'm curious. So we talked about my story and how I, you know, grew up in the horse, in the horse world, but I've never actually fully heard your story or how you got into barrel racing or anything. So why don't you tell us about you? Okay. I will. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and like even doing the podcast, it's like, I love learning about people, but it's never been on like the shoes never been on the other foot where I was able to kind of share a bit more of me. I, uh, a bit of a typical background, but I was a first generation barrel racer. So mm. I kind of the basic, like had the pony, I stole my mom's horse. Like mm. I'm the type of person where if I'm said, or, you know, like my mom, when I was five, oh, you're too young to do this. Or going way back when my brother, who's two years older was learning how to ride a two wheeler. I was like, 
I want to ride a two-wheeler. So <laughs> she's like, I'm not teaching you to ride a bicycle. Like you have your training wheels. And I'm like, I don't care. So I basically taught myself to ride a two-wheel bicycle apparently. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> so like think of me as like a bit of a shit child, like just like a shit disturber. Yeah. And then with a pony, it was fun. And then when I realized I didn't want to be on a pony anymore, I didn't want to be on a trail ride and someone walking by or like my mom hitting my helmet because she's on a horse <laughs> and I'm like literally like a 12 hand thing. Yeah. So a little I was like, thing. I want to be on a horse. I'm sick of being on this pony and being so small. So <laughs> I, uh, my mom had a quarter horse and I mean, she was just kind of a backyard rider at the time, but I was getting into saddle club stuff and I was just like, I want a horse. So I would just literally without really asking, got on her horse and she was kind of worried because he was <laughs> rebel. Yeah. He was definitely not like probably wasn't suited, but I was, you know, like you're a fearless horse kid. And I was like, yeah. I want to ride the horse. And, you know, I just always had that, this, like such a drive and like a pull towards horses. Maybe it's because I was more of a shy kid and it was just always such a nice, you know, like I'm outdoors, like a country, like grew up in the country. So I just always gravitated towards horses and you know, it just makes you feel some type of way. So that really has no type of world. Yeah. Like that really hasn't changed in my life, but definitely the horses and the passion and the direction did. Cause when I was younger, I would do saddle club, do everything, you know, you do Mm. a trail class, you do horsemanship, you do equitation. Like I didn't do English, but I did pretty much everything aside from that. And actually, um, in high school, this is my pivotal moment in high school, we had a high school equestrian challenge. So it was out in Dresden area. If anyone has heard of it, I've actually met a few people that I didn't know was there that were like, oh yeah, we were probably competing against each other. (laughs) Um, But so it was just, you know, like a, basically a really big saddle club, but geared towards high schools. So our team only had three riders in it, which is hilarious. Um, Wow. So I went in it, I had a little quarter horse ex rainer named Freckles and she was just a little spitfire. And yeah, like she was just like an ex rainer and I did everything with her. Your horse is just so versatile. Yeah, so from there, I actually won an NBHA membership, which is National wow. Bear Horse Association. I got a year membership and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And I realized then I'm like, maybe I'll just focus on barrel racing because obviously it's just like the barrel race association. And so with that, I decided to go to a few races. And at that point, I really didn't have like, I probably was in like the sixth division, to be honest, like with my horse and everything. <laughs> so I just showed up. I was like, oh, there's one in Ancaster. And I remember going even before, I think it must have been that winter that I got the membership. So the following year I started, but we went to the finals in Ancaster, probably like in 2009. And it's so crazy. I get a memory on Facebook about a status I wrote and it just said, watching the NBHA Canada finals. I wish so badly that that was me or something oh, like that. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah. And like, I always see it on Facebook. I'm like, holy, like what a, what a moment, like to think back of me there. A 14 yeah. year old. And then now, you know, like so into it. Yeah. And having kinda, like gone to the finals too, like to watch when, yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Like, yeah. We just, go and sit and I felt like such an outsider it's like we're like we don't know anybody and it's funny because then you see people that like later on once you actually know who they are and then you're competing against them and it really helps put things in perspective of what is good what isn't like where you sit so it's so such a different experience just from like watching and not knowing a single person but you would see someone like run a 14.9 and you're like oh my god 
that is so good. And you're like so fired <laughs> up and it's like, Hey, I'm officially addicted to this. Like, yes, it does become an addiction after some time. <laughs> the one really cool thing that I love about just my journey and experience right now is probably the relationship I have with my mom doing it. So she, again, was just a backyard rider and she was taking me to some of these races and literally before, before long, I think only maybe a couple races in, she's like, why am I just driving her around? Like, maybe I should start doing it. Cause it's one of those things you watch it and you get, you want to do it. At least from my experience, like if I watch any sort of sport or anything, I'm like, I want to start doing that. (laughs) Even if you're like not fully interested, you're like, I still, I want to do that. But I, I, I love how your mom, like, actually ended up loving it right <laughs> oh yeah she's almost more diehard than I am which is so cool so she started doing it and again we were just kind of some yahoos that just showed up but it was interesting my first year I had a horse that was an ex-rainer I bought from a auction and was going to run him in futurity as a five-year-old and it's just interesting how stuff happens because I didn't know what futurity was and right. I honestly think since I started I've had a futurity horse literally every single year um but <laughs> oh my I, gosh Yes. But I had no idea. I was like, what is qualifying for a futurity horse? Like what's a futurity horse? And then I looked, I'm like, well, my horse is five. He's never ran. I guess I'll go on futurity. Like cool, yeah. cool thing. Like, and we actually did really good. Like we had a really good year just for me, you know, just kind of going up there, turn, 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 done, yeah. like super simple. Going um, with it. Yeah. And it was, it was really good. And so my whole story. And since then, you know, like so much has changed. Like I've gone through a lot of horses and learned a lot. Um, just going back to our beginning where me Mm -hmm. trying to learn from people or trying to mimic others. I went to the States for a summer a couple of years ago and had super crazy experience working for some of the trainers. Cause I was in a place where I was very unfulfilled with where I was at as far as riding and just in general, I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing with my life. And I'm like, I just don't know if you ever figured out, but right. I decided to pack up and literally two weeks later, once I made the decision, I was going to do this. I found a trainer in Oklahoma that would take me. I made the ticket for myself and I went to the States for four months and I took my futurity horse at the time, Marshmallow with me. And we like ended up traveling. We went far South. We went far North to Dakota, like South Dakota and Wyoming. Yeah. It was absolutely insane, but definitely learned a lot. And you're always kind of on, on the journey. I think, I don't think we ever really truly figure it out. We're kind of just going with it, but I love that. And I love how Cause I think a lot of, when you see the top barrel racers in the world, they're always like second, third generation barrel racers or cowgirls. And you don't often hear people or their first generation and they start from really not knowing anything and their parents not knowing anything, but I love to see the support from the parents. And cause my parents were the same. They weren't, when they took me to my first barrel race, it was their first barrel race too, but they supported me along the way. And I think both of us are similar where we haven't, really learned like we didn't start learning on the best trained horses we have done the work and learned along the way along with the horses which Mm -hmm. I think makes you an exceptional rider and teaches you so much more than of course it's great to ride amazing horses you learn a lot from that too but to learn from horses that you're starting at the same time Mm -hmm. it's just a different experience totally different and it just makes me think of so when I was younger I was pretty good like I won this like barrel racing thing against all these schools and me and my stepsister both competed and I was always the one that would win like she always got whatever (laughs) and at our saddle club it's not very big but I was always the one winning and so I always had that mentality of like 
ooh, this feels really good to win. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't like, this is where the inner journey really came in for me because I got obsessed with that feeling of like, I needed to win. And then when I wasn't winning, I was very unfulfilled and not satisfied and very discontent and unhappy. And it was because really when I was at, when I was at a younger age, I was doing pretty good, even at a small scale, but it's the same thing now where you see girls that are on these crazy horses winning, but they don't know how to lose. They're not a good loser. And I really realized and learned and people might disagree with it, whatever, but I, I realized like I had to become a good loser in order to be a good winner. And I had to learn kind of what that difference was. And it was really, really hard. That's what made me want to go to the States. Even after the States, that's actually when I probably had like my biggest fails ever when I came home because I thought I had it all. I thought I just went to the States. I learned from these people. I now have something that no one in Ontario has, and I'm going to go and slay it. And literally the farthest thing from that actually (laughs) happened. Like it was such a, such like a, such a letdown, but again, like it goes back to the whole journey aspect. And I still learned a lot through that. And I think now coming onto the other side of it the reflection that you can get from those experiences and realizing what you actually learn, I think is so much more valuable than just always winning, you know, for sure. You you learn 10 times more, 10 times more, like even not even like I'm kind of similar where it's, I think I've learned so much about myself from physically not being able to do it. So Mm -hmm. it's similar where you're like, you know, I was, I was never really grateful for what I had, before I got sick and you know I was just going my horse wasn't working good I would be bummed about it I'd like mope about it now I you know for those years that I couldn't ride at all all I wanted to do was be able to sit on a horse or a barrel race I didn't care how I did I just wanted to do it so I think the losing and the not being able to do something that you truly love just teaches you so much and I think like honestly it's not an easy experience like at all but it's almost crucial in order for us to, you know, level up in our riding, but also in our day-to-day life and in ourselves. Yeah. And it's the perspective shift. That's just what it made me think of is you have that perspective Mm -hmm. and when you have it, it's great. But when you don't, then it's like, Hey, what do I have to fall back on? Like, am I okay if it doesn't work out? And that's kind of, for me, that was my biggest thing is that perspective shift of, okay, I know I'm going to work hard, but whatever happens, I have to be okay with it. And I have to be okay within myself. These are the things that I want to teach on weekend hustle because I found it to be so so empowering and so transformative transformative for my own experience just realizing that my favorite saying I think Oprah said it because I'm like obsessed with Oprah (laughs) I literally say I want to be like a western Oprah so I'm just throwing that out into the universe right now um you'll be one you'll be her (laughs) continuing on yeah uh but she just said how you gotta water the dream every day And actually, I probably read it on a blog post while I was not doing good or I was in a bit of a rut, you know, no confidence and stuff. So I was Googling just, I don't even know what I was Googling, but one of her articles came up and it just said how you kind of like really have to let go of those results and be okay no matter what happens. As long as you know that you're doing the daily steps or you're taking action or doing one small thing every day or whatever, every other day, like whatever works for you. But as long as you know that you're watering the dream, yeah, you have to let the dream just happen when it's going to happen. And you can't control that. that. And you can call it like, you know, God's timing or whatever you want to call it. But as far as just like a spiritual sense, you really just have to let the universe direct you how it's going to. And you really do have mm-hmm. to be okay with that. And for me, yeah, that you was, have to trust your own journey. 
That's awesome. I love that. Love Oprah. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, oh, I love it. I love, I listen to the podcast all the time. <laughs> Such great insights. You definitely, you just have to trust your, it can be so easy to look at other people and say, cause I've heard you say this so many times. It seems like, you know, it's easy for everyone else, but I'm always, it's always harder for me. And it's the same for me. I've always felt like I just have to work harder or things just are so far out of reach, but I think once we go through those steps in order to learn about ourselves and trust ourselves and kind of just have a shift our mindset, we need to go through that in order to have things at our fingertips. Because once we do go through that shift, things will become easier. We just, our soul just, I'm sorry, I'm getting spiritual, but our soul needs to let down a layer and, and a guard in order to let those things come. So we just have to go through a little bit of a harder journey at first. But I think that in the future, it will pay off and there will be very, very valuable lessons more than we've already learned. Yeah. And those are things that it helps in the arena, but it just helps in your real life. It all starts with us. Like that's kind of like my main thing. And I'm a big advocate of we are in control. Like we are the leaders and we're the leaders of how we show up with our horses. It all starts with us. And again, like Mm -hmm. taking these steps to really uncover, like you said, you're peeling back these layers it's not because of the arena. And I just talked about this earlier today of the idea that we can't take our baggage into the arena. Like these are things we have to uncover on our own. And my experience, there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know about me just with my upbringing and stuff and what I've gone through and have experienced mm-hmm. that has definitely shaped me to who I am and shaped my limiting beliefs or shaped how I show up either in riding or every day for myself, right. you know? And that's what it's just so awesome to be able to share these things. Cause I know Absolutely. other people, other people feel it too in a different story. Everyone has their mm-hmm. own unique story. We're all, you know, we all are on our own path, but at the same time, we all share a lot of the same human experiences and that's, Absolutely. that's what we're here for. And, and I don't think it's talked about enough in the barrel racing world or the question world at, at all. It's of course the, the arena work and the training and all that is all so important, but so is how we show up for our horses because it's not fair if we're out there and we're in a bad mindset and we are freaking out because they're not working good or we're not working good. So to be able to take these skills and apply them to our riding or just time spent with our horse in general, I think it's just so valuable and it needs to be talked about more, which is why mm-hmm. I'm very thankful that you're doing that. We're going to do it together. So it's very exciting. It is. I love it. And even holding space for these type of experiences for people like we're working together on having retreats and definitely a lot more in the future. So yeah, again, it all ties in together of just holding a space for people to come with a horse without a horse, but really just focusing on us as a rider. And most importantly, just as a person and a human that's going through this. Yeah. Like it all is full circle and it all really does stem from just ourselves. And I think you have obviously experienced it in your riding. I have experienced it now getting back into riding after many years. And once you do make those shifts, you just feel so much better within yourself, within your riding, spending time with your horse, anything. It just makes all the difference. So I'm excited to teach people those skills and those exercises and just, you know, everything that comes together to make you feel your best. 
one thing I just thought of is that if you're content and satisfied within yourself, then a lot of your problems go away that are external, such as, you know, sure. like if your fear of judgment or your self-sabotage, or these are just things that I've experienced, but just, you know, like you're feeling unworthy or unconfident, you're unsure mm-hmm. of your future, like all these things that we experience and we feel, they can just kind of disappear and become not a problem if we really uncover where it's stemming from. And we actually can, again, like go back to ourselves, like our own inner reflection. A lot of these issues will just dissolve and it's wild because we always focus on almost like we focus on the symptoms of like what we're feeling and experiencing, but we're not actually like digging deep enough to hit on what is actually causing these symptoms. Yeah. The root of it. Yeah. For sure. I love how you put that. You definitely have to do a lot of, once again, peeling down the layers in order to find why we feel unworthy or not confident in our riding or our daily lives. But once you do peel back those layers and you get to the root cause, you end up feeling just so much better in yourself. Cause I'm the same. I had to do that for getting back into riding because I was not confident in myself. I'm like, I've had all these years off. Like, I feel like I used to be so strong. I used to be so good, but now I'm just like, I'm riding for me. I'm riding for my horse. I'm riding because I love it. And really that's all that matters. Of course, I want to keep getting better, but I'm getting better for me, not mm-hmm. anyone else. Right. That's amazing. Exactly. And that goes into like the one thing I talked about recently is just competition. Like I know it's a sport event and we, it is, there are results, but at the same time, exactly what you just said, you're doing it for you and you're trying to improve yourself. And people say it all the time, but I feel like no one really believes it where it's like, you just want to be better than you were yesterday, yes, but it is yeah. so true. And then that is your own fuel to your own fire to keep going and keep trying because it's not, a, it's not unattainable to be better than you were yesterday. It might oh, be un- unattainable right now to be Haley Kinzel tomorrow, <laughs> but it's not an unattainable for you to be one, one little bit better than you were yesterday. And I think yeah. like, it's all those small things that if you can bring more awareness to, as far as personal development goes, if I like read a couple pages today, or if I research something that I'm really curious about to learn more, or if I watch one video or, you know, or ask someone a question that I would never maybe even talk to, but just putting yourself out there to try and get that one little bit of information or insight that's going to help you on your path, then before you know it, I've been barrel racing for how long, but it was like so many small little things that I didn't really think were that important. And then you look back on and realize how important they really were and how they actually really steered you to where you're going and taught you these crazy things that you really never thought was going to happen. For sure. They seem small at the time. And then you look back and you realize how profound they really are. It's Mm -hmm. crazy, but it's very, it can be a very beautiful thing to look back at and see how far you've come in every aspect of your life, right? So with that being said, I'm curious, Bella, has there been anything in your life that has been kind of like a big moment that you look back on and you're like, wow, this was a transformative or this really taught you something big? I think to pinpoint one specific time is pretty hard because these past going on five years have just kind of morphed into one. But the whole experience itself of feeling like I can't, I can't go out and do what I love. I look out my window and I see everyone else doing it other than me. It's really, truly made me so appreciative for not only being able to ride, but being able to go outside and walk and spend time in nature, to like hang out with friends and family to basically just like live and experience life. It has made me 
insanely appreciative. Whereas before I was so just closed off. I was young. I didn't really appreciate anything. And now I'm appreciative of literally everything because I know what it feels like to feel like absolute shit, to feel like I can't do anything, like can't get out of bed. And I think that in itself is just like so transformative. And I'm so thankful for it every day. It's been the hardest journey of my life and I'm still going through it, but I am thankful for the experiences and the mindset shifts that it has taught me because I would not be where I am today without the hardships. Yeah. And it just made me think of the phrase of life is happening for you. It's not happening to you. And I think if you were, but you already possessed that, that view before you got Lyme disease, because if you didn't, and you were thinking life is just garbage, it's just beating me down, all this stuff, then you would never take this experience as like as an outlet for growth you would just think that it's just not fair and you would be like pity thing and yeah you get into this yeah and you get into like a very unhealthy state and that actually creates you to be like physically unhealthy in a lot of ways and cause disease so it's like for sure it makes such a difference to have that outlook so I really appreciate that because it is so true life is happening for you yeah everything happens for a reason it's cliche but it is like so true that when you look back at it everything has a silver lining even the smallest things everything does absolutely so it's pretty cool (laughs) well I'm excited for what we're going to do in the future I'm very excited to combine our you know our lessons and our growth and share it with other people because I think we're allowed to be confident in the lessons that we've learned and what we have to share with the world and I think to be able to empower other people to take their lessons and their growth and share it with other people is so good for ourselves and the world around us. So I'm very excited for you know people to be able to us to be able to connect with different people and and share all of our growth and insights together. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I thought of this recently. It was just kind of the idea that it's our like humanly duty almost to share that and to spread that and to impact people. And if you think of all like the relationships you've had, either you just like literally cross the street with someone, but if you can leave that with them feeling like that one little bit better and more love into the world, like that's kind of what it's all about. And we're making these connections and trying to create the space for people to feel accepted and to know that they're not alone and to go through this journey together And I mean, we're doing it now together, helping everyone else. And I'm really excited for that as well, because I do think there are more power in the numbers. And if we can get more united and more, especially in the barrel racing world or just horse industry, like it has a bad rep. And if we're able to break down those walls and just make everyone like feel more better. And this phrase that I actually just talk about on a recent podcast I just interviewed, or I've recorded, it was just about making the pie bigger. And I think I told you this the other day where it's the competition and everything and the horse industry, you know, people are trying to do really well, but it's like, if we can just make the pie bigger, everyone still gets their slice. So basically don't be greedy about protecting your little thing and like, you know, guarding yourself because this is your little slice and you want anyone to touch it. But if you help people and then that's making the pie bigger, then everyone is going to get their little portion and we're all happy. And we're just actually growing as a full industry and as a full community. And I think that is really the goal and the purpose to be here for. And it's like, we can use these platforms and the internet now to do that. So yeah. Yes. Which is awesome. I think, I think that's what it's all about is we all just need to support each other and make each other better. And it's naturally a competitive atmosphere because it's a sport event, but we're all going to do better. We're all going to feel better. It's going to be a more enjoyable experience if we support each other 
we root for each other. We, it's a positive environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the equine industry and barrel racing industry needs more of. So I -hmm. hope that it's only up from here. (laughs) It will be, it will be. Cause there's, there's room for everyone at the table. Absolutely. If they don't want to, if they don't want to sit there, that's fine. There's other space, but I mean, as far as our table goes, everyone, I hope everyone listening knows that, that there's always room. So never feel that you're not worthy of it or that this is something that you can't be a part of because you know we're making these connections every day and people listening like you're you're a part of the team we're all absolutely you're all welcome and no matter what part of your journey you're at no matter if you just started barrel racing or you're seasoned you're welcome well yeah this has been fun I'm happy we got to sit down and get to know each other a bit more (laughs) yes even though we've been talking we don't talk in depth like this. So it is very fun and allow the listeners to kind of get an insight into you too, because they've probably been following you for a while and are like, what is her story? So it's nice to be able for you to share that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely moving forward, I think we should do some more of these. For sure. Absolutely. It's fun. (laughs) I'm going to stop recording.